Hello, everyone. My name is Brendan Carey. And I'm Melanie Stroud. Together, as members of Fuel, we bring you FuelCast, the only young professionals podcast in Connecticut. FuelCast is brought to you by the local networking group Fuel and the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. Today, we're here with Ellen Reichelt um, of Top Martial Arts and Fitness for Life. Thank you very much for being with us today, Ellen. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. Um, I am a, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I decided to start a karate school. I've trained for many, many years, and I really just wanted to make a difference. It, it, it truly seems uh, like you are. And I mean, I, I did a little research, and I know you've spoken with, uh, with Mel a few times, and I, I see you went to uh, UConn. I did. Correct? I am a Husky, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's awesome. Awesome school, awesome school for engineering. It's a- and now you went there for mechanical engineering and material science? Yeah, I have a dual BS. I have a dual bachelor of science in mechanical engineering and material science. So material science is like the, you know, welding, uh, failure analysis, ceramics, material selection, uh, fatigue, all that kind of stuff. It's really, it's really actually a very interesting aspect of mechanical engineering. Would you say that there's maybe a correlation, you know, between the, the mechanical engineering and the material science and, you know, your, um, you know, your business, the top martial arts and the, uh, I mean, it's not karate. I'm trying to, how do you pronounce the type of martial arts that you practice? It's Hapkido. Okay. Yeah. Okay. H-A-P-K-I-D-O. Yes. Hapkido. Yes. It's from Korea. It's, um. You use the energy of your attacker and redirect it rather than absorb it. So for me, I'm a, I'm a small individual, and you don't have to be a large individual to be pretty powerful. So it's really cool. And correlation between my martial arts and my schooling, uh, I, I can't really tell you that there is one. <laughs> when mm-hmm. uh, my father my father had four kids, and he had I have two brothers and a sister, and they, he wanted four engineers from UConn, and he got four engineers from UConn. So I really didn't choose my <laughs> – I didn't really choose my schooling. I was told that that's what I was doing. <laughs> so when did you get started um, studying Hapkido? Um, uh, I was 18 years old. I had just graduated high school, and um, I wanted – I really it, – it's kind of a funny thing. I dragged my sister there because we my, – my, my household was kind of – crazy growing up. My dad um, had some mental issues with aggression and I went there just to learn a few things to protect myself, like some self-defense moves. I really had no intention on staying there whatsoever. And I dragged my sister and we laughed the entire time in the back of the room with this black belt that came to be with us because (laughs) we weren't like taking it seriously. But um, I, it, it just, it, once I got going in it and I realized how much of an impact it had on my life, like helping me with self-confidence, helping me overcome fear, um, just really, really making me become a better person. I, I, it, it just, the, the bug bit me and I, I'm still doing it. It's 32 years later and, or yeah, 32 years later and I'm still practicing Hapkido and martial arts. It's awesome. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Very exciting, though. Um, and so I'm really fortunate. I actually go to Ellen's gym. And so when I go to kickboxing, I see all of the little um, 
the students that are like, you know, I don't know, ages five to 12 and watching them learn has been so much fun and watching you, Alan, with the students and teaching them a lot of those principles that do really connect with daily life um, and how you treat others. Um, well, that's like just going off of what you're just saying. Like that really is my drive behind having the school because I wanted to make a bigger impact on with our kids, with our kids, with our adults, because I think that... Um, the world is becoming a very crazy place. And I think that the foundational, um, you know, tenants and, and pillars behind the tenants are really important. So like we have five tenants, it's uh, courtesy, integrity, spirit, perseverance, and self-control. And underneath all five of those, there's 12 different pillars that go along with it. So like in courtesy, we go over eye contact, we go over standing tall, we go over clear voice, what we say, how we look. And I don't mean like how we look like physically, but how we present ourselves, whether we're standing tall, whether, you know, whether we're slouching, whether our, our clothes are neat, not necessarily, you know, designer, whether they're neat, how we're presenting ourselves to, you know, people and how we listen, because I think that that's an art that's lost right now. People need to be able to listen and really hear what people are saying because there's a lot behind what they're saying and you may not catch it in the actual literal sense, but like indominal spirit, it's like never giving up, um, always doing your best, always presenting your best. But we go through every tenant and the kids love it because we do, we do a drill with every one of the pillars and normally like we'll, I'll play out a scene like I'll have them ask, I'll ask them like, is this, should I be doing this? Or should I, you know, tell me how I should be acting. Like one of the ones was like stand tall. And I was like, I, I was interacting with one of the students and I said, okay, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I was slouching and I was like, you know, playing with my, my D and doing all different things. And like, they were so great because they immediately identified it and told me what I was doing wrong. But it's in a way that it's not, you know, it's not in a way that it's like, you will do this, you will do this, you know, because it's just not, you know, nobody wants to be told what to do. They want to find their way on their own. And it's just a gentle way of guiding them. So I think it's really important to have those, you know, those values interspersed into it, because I think that that will, I want my kids, I want actually all, all my students, whether they're adults or whether they're kids, and I, I hope that you, you share, like, I, I impart this to you, Mel is that I want everyone to be successful. I want to give them the tools so that they can be successful and happy and fulfilled in life. And, and it took me a long road to get to where I am. I'm 50 years old now. And I just opened the school two years ago and I'm like, what am I thinking? But um, being older, I think you have a lot more uh, life experience and there's more to offer. So I really want to make a difference in my students' lives. And that's really why I opened the school. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I got to tell you, and I want to dial back to something that you touched on before. You know, you said you you teach your students eye contact, um, how we present ourselves. You know, I mean, the the clothes neatness and, and not the designer wear. Um, th those are values and, and interpersonal communication. Those are values that I see, you know, that are dropping off quite a bit. Um, the amount of eye contact that I get in conversations, um, it, it's just, it's not there anymore. So I, I want to ask you, these values that you teach your students, um, and you have been teaching for more than two years, um, have you, has it been more difficult to teach those values or, or have you seen a shift, um, in the values that you really focus on when teaching? 
Well, you know, the funny thing is, it's funny you said that. Well, you said that I teach for two years. I actually taught at my grandmaster's school for um, 20 years prior to me opening my own school. So I've trained for 32 years. I taught for 20 prior to me opening my own school. And then it was just my time to go on my own and open my own school because I really wanted to make a bigger impact than I could just teaching at my grandmaster's school. So it's been a long road of teaching, but I, going back to what you asked about the eye contact, let me tell you, I, I was amazed because I wasn't sure how the kids would receive it and how people would receive it. And I, I mean, I literally, with eye contact, I do drills that make people downright uncomfortable. Um, Mel did part of the drill in our, um, in our self-defense, the fuel self-defense seminar, where we actually maintain eye contact and body positioning because I go over body positioning too because that's, that is, it marries right with eye contact. Um, to make sure that you're presenting yourself correctly and that your message is received on every point. But when we go over each of these things, especially like eye contact and clear voice, the kids are sponges. They want to learn. It's just that I think that in our world, we've gotten so busy and we're going, 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 you know, we're running here, we're running there. We're trying to like do everything in a 24 hour block. I think that we just, we've we're missing opportunities that are there. It's just that we don't have the time to do them. And when I do present these, you know, these values to the kids, they, they are like sponges. They are hungry for this information. And it's amazing because I had one of my little, my, my students, Carter, he's, he's one of my original students. Um, he came up to me and he told me that he was in school the other day and he, he was talking to his teacher and he responded to her, yes, ma'am. And his teacher was just like, what? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sam, and and she was blown away that he had that kind of respect, and he, you know, she noticed the difference in him, and I noticed the difference in my kids. I just, I, I love watching them flourish. It's, it's what drives me. It's really is my passion. I really like seeing. I love seeing them just flourish in their in and see them grow as individuals and in confidence and how they hold themselves and how they communicate with one another. And they are really a tight knit group. They're such an eclectic group. Like no one knew each other before they came to my school. And now they're a very tight knit group. They, they know each other and they're friends with each other. It's really cool. And now they're friends outside the school as well. Cause they're, they're from all different, like they're, they're not all from the same, you know, they're not all from Shelton. They're all, they're from all the area towns. And, you know, different age groups and demographics. So it's really wild to watch everybody come together. I'm, re I'm very blessed with the group of kids I, you know, the, group, the students I have and their families. So I hope that answers. Yeah. <laughs> and as you mentioned, there are only 24 hours in a day. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how you do it all because you're still working as a mechanical engineer and running the school. So how do you do that? Um, uh, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well no I you know I go I, I don't know actually I couldn't really answer that question for you um I think it's just a pretty much a mindset it's like it's not a whether I can or can't do it it's that I will do it and um I just get up at four in the morning and I start my day and I don't finish some nights I don't finish teaching class till I don't get out of there till almost nine o'clock at night and then I get up the next morning and start the day again and I'm just it's just, it's got to do it. Keep going. So I think it's really just a mindset. Yeah. And, and I think your passion. Oh, 
Well, that's, yeah, that's, that is a huge thing. The past, like, my, my mechanical engineering job is, you know, it's a means to an end. And I, I mean, I do enjoy what I do and I, and I, cause I do fiber design down in Stanford. So like I do a lot of the fiber to the home. We're doing a ton of fiber to the home where we're doing one gig, you know, one gig down, uh, symmetrical 500 meg, you know, 500 or one gig up or actually one gig down and whatever, 500 and 500. But that's very interesting to me on a technical side, but really the, the thing that drives me is the karate school and my passion for um, teaching and also trying consistently bettering the, the curriculum and the, you know, the classes that I give is that's really what drives me is my passion. I feel very alive right now, now that I have my own school. I, you know, and, and once people follow their passion, you know, I mean, what's the saying? Um, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Um, what, what company you mentioned Stanford, uh, what, what company do you work for? If you don't mind asking, I work for frontier. Okay. And I've taken care of the Stanford Metro area for 20, 23 years now. So like I've done, actually I did the, um, I helped with the fiber backhaul for the NBC new studios down in Stanford. So I was actually part of my, I did was part of the Olympics. So I was like really psyched about that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I've done stuff with like wow. WWE, um, GE, UBS, RBS, like big players. There's a huge uh, complex down there called Harbor Point. Um, I do all the new apartment buildings. I design the fiber to each of the independent uh, apartments. Um, you know, the retail, a lot of the commercial stuff down there. So, it, I mean, my job is interesting. I, it's never the same every day. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, I, you know, I can't fault. My, I'm actually really happy my dad made us all go into engineering because it's been a very interesting career for me anyway. I, I could imagine. Now, do, does everybody down at, at your work at Frontier, do they know what you do um, as your side hustle? Um, I don't think a lot of people know. I think that they do know that I like have long-term trained uh, martial arts, but I don't really know if they know that I'm, some of them know that I have a school. Others, you know, they're involved in their own lives. They probably don't know. It's okay. Forgive me. <laughs> I was going to say it might be really easy for you, for you to get things that you want over there when, when they find out that you're a fifth degree black belt. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of FuelCast is brought to you by Webster Bank. With online and mobile banking, an extensive ATM network, and convenient bank locations, your day-to-day -day banking is fast and easy. Webster Bank, turn possibility into reality. Learn more at WebsterBank.com or ask their bankers at 200 Division Street in Ansonia. I mean, so 23 years, you know, with Frontier, um, and you said you, you've been teaching for 20-plus for years. What, what was the, the push or what was the drive behind starting your own school? Um, <laughs> my husband. <laughs> no, I've talked about having my own school for probably almost all of the 23 the 22 years and he finally just said listen you're gonna do it this year and actually my grandmaster out in Santa Barbara he had a really long heart to heart conversation with me and he, he planted the seed um, that it was possible and then my husband really just helped me find the way the means to make it a reality 
and he really was my biggest cheerleader on doing the business. And for people who are looking to start a business, let me tell you something, you will never be ready. The time will never be perfect. You will never be ready. You believe you me, it scares the the Jesus out of you. Um, But go for it anyway. Even if, even if it scares you to death, it's that, that fear is exhilarating. (laughs) It's kind of fun. And when you look back on it, but you'll never be ready to start your own business. So you might as well just do it anyway. And my husband always tells me, you know, don't you wish you started earlier? Don't you wish you opened the business earlier? And I, and I honestly don't, I I think everything in my life has brought me to this point um, to, for it to be the perfect time for me to open the business. Now, I'll tell you two things that happened to me while I was um, refurbishing the place. I was diagnosed with cancer. So I was diagnosed with cancer while I was refurbishing the building that I am in to open my school. And literally, I had finished my treatments. And probably, I think it was two weeks later, I opened the school officially. So it was was a rough road because my stamina really wasn't there yet. But... um, I realized when I was going through my cancer stuff, I realized when it was almost, the the business was almost taken away from me um, because I didn't know what was going to really happen with me. I realized how much I really wanted the school. So that, you know, in that aspect, I was really pleased. I was really happy that that happened in my life at that time. It seemed like the most inconvenient time for it to happen, but Honestly, I would never trade the experience of cancer. That was one of the most profound, changing, life-changing um, experiences in my life. And I'm very grateful for it. Very, very grateful for it. So, you know, it's, it's all how you look at things, right? You know, there's, in your darkest times in your life is when you grow the most. So it's, I'm, I'm very blessed that I went through that. And I'm very blessed I went through it at the time that I did. And then also, we had a major, like, I don't know if you guys remember that rainstorm, like, that we had, um, it's like, either end of September or October, we had the building all done, and we, I had all my mats down on the floor, and I was all excited, and we had that huge rainstorm on a, I think it was on a Friday, and Howe Avenue was flooded, do you guys remember that oh. river down, mm-hmm. Howe how Avenue? I do. That, yes. Yeah, that river. That river went right through my building too. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then his guys from Stellar's, uh, my husband has Stellar's garage and with his partner, Eric and the guys, they all rushed into the karate school and they piled up all the mats. So like, luckily nothing got damaged. I didn't really, other than flood, you know, I, I had to clean everything and disinfect everything. But again, you know, I was looking at it like I, it was God's way of saying, okay, Make sure that this is what you really want. You know, you know, I, cause I, at that point I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to really open this business, blah, blah, blah. And God's like, well, you know, if you don't think you're going to open it <laughs> here, let me give you this test and see if you really want to do it afterwards. And I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> Ditto. Here <laughs> <Air> you. <laughs> you know, it's so, if, as far as like people like were wonder if like opening a business is a good thing or if they're like, in, you know, if they're having setbacks or whatever when they're opening their business, say, you know, I, my advice is don't worry about it. You'll get through it. It is just really a, a, an opportunity for you to solidify your 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 vision of what your business will be 
and solidify the grit that in the very beginning that you need to keep going. Because the first year is tough. It really is. It's like you have to really dig deep and to continue on. But after you get through the first year, it's not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's very great advice to think because there are so many barriers, especially when you're doing something new, like opening a business that's not something you've ever done before. Um, What were some of the other challenging pieces of opening the business other than just finding the space and trying to get that, um, but whether it's marketing or getting the word out and, and getting folks to know about you, um, was there an aspect of that that was more challenging or sort of more unexpected too? Oh my God, <laughs> I could go on and on. You, you only have an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, the, um, so here's the thing. Yeah, there's going to be, there is every day <laughs> when you're opening a business and even after you have it open, you realize like how much you don't know. Like everything that you go to do, whether it's, uh, you know, signing up for your EIN through, you know, the federal tax, you know, through the government or whether you're forming your LLC or whether you are figuring out which website to go with. Every day is a challenge and it's a learning experience and you, you really have to do the research in order to know. But really, honestly, the one thing I think is the most important thing for a business owner to understand when they're opening a business is they have to have clarity in their message. If they don't have clarity in their message, it's going to be very hard for them to gain traction. So like it, cause it carries over to everything and it really carries over to, over to marketing because unless you, unless your vision and your message connects with people, you're never going to get the traction in that market that you need to stay afloat and to gain, you know, gain market share. So I think if, if my biggest advice to somebody who's looking to open a business is to really look within themselves, understand why they're marketing this product or service and understand the person you're marketing it to. So for me, the person I was marketing it to was very easy because it was, it I was kind of my demographic. Um, I, although I don't have children myself, it's you know it's I'm I'm marketing to the moms who want to make a difference for their kids, and I'm marketing to the the dads who want to make a difference for their kids. They want their kids to be successful in life. They want them to be safe. They don't want their kids to be bullied because whether they experience like I experienced bullying as a kid it's torture I in middle school I had one friend and I was bullied on a daily basis so for me I understand that pain I do I totally understand that pain and I don't want any of my my students to have to endure that as well and you know like the thing about bullying is it doesn't stop in school it continues on in the workplace it continues on in family structures so for the earlier that you can teach the bully the skills to not be bullied or how to deal with bullies, the better off, the more successful you'll be in life. I, my feeling is that. So like the marketing vision and the marketing message, if you have to really look within, because a lot of times when you're opening a business, 
it's because of some experience that you had in life. And so you're trying to help somebody through that experience. So like if you can sit down and figure out what that vision and that message is, you're going to be highly, you know, your chances of success are going to be astronomically higher. Hey everybody, this is Brian Tamburino, and we're going to take a minute to highlight one of our sponsors, Peralta Design. A recent study found that the average person's attention span is only 8 seconds. Don't let wordy explanations lose you business. Peralta Design creates engaging explainer videos to educate your potential clients or customers about what you do without losing their attention. Whether it be live action or animation, Peralta Design gives your product or service a fighting chance in the information age. Don't let your business get lost in the crowd. Stand out with videos provided by Peralta Design. We launch brands. I have a question about, um, you know, when you when you opened your business, um, and I know there are a lot of emotions that, that you felt. Did you have a following of people that were going to come and, and go to your school and you were like, okay, you know, I know I have 10, 15, 20, 30 people that are going to be here. Or did you start from, from zero? Zero. Wow. Started from zero. Um, I did have a couple of people that came over to, to me from um, the fitness side of my grandmaster school because he currently wasn't teaching the fitness classes. But the bulk, like there was only a handful, and I didn't really know that I, I was able to have them. So, no, when I went open the school, it was pretty much from zero. I don't really recommend that, though, because, like, I think you'd, like, <laughs> you'd probably be better <laughs> off be better off if you had like you know a smaller uh, maybe a after school program or something small and then move on to a business but you know I, I don't regret doing what I did I think it was you know fine good yeah you jumped right in and, and you, you made it I mean you made it your own and, and you made it successful. Yeah, that, 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 that's fascinating. Thank you all for listening. Um, we, we've been here uh, with Ellen of Top Martial Arts and Fitness for Life, who has a powerful message for people. And uh, we hope you turn in next time for more fun and uh, insightful questions about, uh, you know, her slogan, a little bit more about her cancer diagnosis and also starting a business. So, Ellen, thank you very much. And we look forward to, uh, to your next segment. Oh, you're very welcome. Sponsors or the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce.